It was well kept under wraps until the very last second. In a seemingly surprise move last week, South Korea forged diplomatic relations with Cuba. It deals a severe blow to North Korea that has confided in the fellow communist state touted as the quote-unquote brotherly country for decades. So what are the implications of the newly established South Korea-Cuba ties? For further insight, we now connect with Professor Kim Byung-ju of the Hankook University of Foreign Studies. Good morning, Professor Kim. Good morning. Hope you had a good weekend. I did. Thank you very much. Uh, for us covering the news, it, it kind of came as a surprise, but I'm sure you knew a little bit more about the working level talks. So South Korea has forged diplomatic relations with Cuba, a country that has never had such ties with Seoul. So how should we begin to understand the significance of this latest announcement? Right. Uh, you mentioned I may have known more about this, but I didn't uh, because <laughs> in Korean government, even uh, ministers were kept in dark. Uh, ah. Cabinet members, uh, you know, uh, they just uh, they learned about it uh, when they walked into a cabinet meeting uh, to approve this uh, diplomatic move. So uh, it was really secret, mm -hmm. uh, undercover operation. So really not that many people knew about it at all. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, in even in the Korean government. So anyway, uh, having said that, uh, the meaning and significance of the uh, the move or development, I guess we can kind of uh, quote uh, people power party, the ruling party's comment uh, on it. Even though I guess the party ruling as the ruling party approaching uh, general election, uh, they were trying to make it bigger than life, perhaps. But they called it the uh, it's a basic uh, key move by the UN government mm -hmm. to destroy the anti-American and and socialist alliance around the world. This is this is demolishing the key pillar of such alliance against the United States and the, the socialist countries' uh, alliance against the United States. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I guess it had certain. Uh, you know, important meaning in it, even though I guess the expression itself is a little bit uh, overblown in my own view. Yeah. Uh, there's no question, however, this is a critical blow to North Korea. This is major, major uh, loss for North Korea um, in terms of North Korea, South Korea confrontation in the international arena. Uh, and also major win for Korea, big deal, uh, because this was one of the very small number of countries remaining taking side with North Korea in the international arena. And as you, as you called it, a brotherly country or brother country, mm. one of the most important ally force, uh, North Korea, uh, kind of taking these steps to set up diplomatic ties with Seoul. This, in that sense, this is a major blow to North Korea, but major gain for South Korea. And in terms of South Korea's uh, what do you call it, the uh, key direction of its diplomacy, seeking mm -hmm. to become pivotal state. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, that it offers a great contribution towards such uh, policy direction, for sure. Mm. Uh, Professor Kim, as you've said, it was really well kept under wraps until the last possible minute. Uh, in fact, the two countries, South Korea and Cuba's representatives, exchanged notes in New York Wednesday local time last week. They went straight into an ambassador rebel, uh, relationship with further details to be ironed out later. I mean, talk about precision and efficiency, well kept under wraps. So how was this all made possible? Right. Uh, this announcement itself and, and preparing this final step 
Uh, preparation for it was tightly uh, kept under cover. Uh, however, though, Seoul's effort to achieve this was no secret. Mm-hmm. It has been continuing for years, for a long time. And uh, I'm sure there were things before then, but I can think of 2016, then the foreign minister, Yun byung says visit to Cuba. Mm-hmm. That was very uh, exceptional and unusual because, again, you know, Cuba was uh, one of the remaining few, very small number of countries. Now, now with this breakthrough with Cuba, uh, as far as I know, uh, Palestine and uh, Syria, mm, mm-hmm. Syria mm-hmm. are the only two countries among the UN members that South Korea does not have a, a relationship with. So, uh, you know, the, the, uh, with the remaining uh, very small number of countries without uh, diplomatic ties at that time, 2016, Yun byung foreign minister then visited Cuba. So that was a major step going forward. And and it was uh, widely known you know, before and after that, that, that Seoul wants to set up uh, diplomatic relations with mm. uh, Havana. And uh, as lately as, I guess, last September, last year, Park um, Jin, the foreign minister then, also uh, had a secret uh uh, the foreign minister's meeting with the Cuba counterpart. At that time, it was not disclosed, but, uh, you know, effort was going, uh, continuing then last year. And we heard over the Lunar New Year weekend, uh, everything picked up really, really fast. Mm. And so basically the exchange and discussion with Havana uh, got very active uh, through the channel at the, the UN channel, uh, Korea's uh, head of mission at the uh, UN, and also Cuban counterpart, they began to have very active and fast-paced interaction. Uh, we heard also the Korean embassy in Mexico got involved and mm-hmm. their counterpart, they had discussions and everything. And things were getting uh, wrapped up really quickly. And I guess the announcement came uh, last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day before, as I mentioned, there was a cabinet meeting here in Korea to approve this diplomatic move. and. And as cabinet members, ministers of different ministries walked in, they dis- they learned that this deal has been made. And then uh, uh, they reviewed, they approved, and as they were, were walking out, uh, all the documents were being destroyed, mm. keeping it a secret. Mm. And then Wednesday it was announced, but even even right before the moment it was announced, uh, you know, the both parties, Seoul and, and Havana. Uh, decided that they're going to be precisely on time together to announce this at the same time, because all because of any possible disruption by Pyongyang. Mm. Uh, so uh, very, very secretive. And but uh, last minute, uh, you know, high paced uh, pace picked up and then uh, the deal uh, came through. Some experts are quick to chime in. Uh, Cuba's alignment with Seoul could be dubbed as Kim Jong-un's biggest diplomatic failure. In fact, we saw Pyongyang reach out to Tokyo rather abruptly. Uh, it, it wasn't through Kim Jong-un, it was through Kim Yo-jong. But it, it could be perhaps expanded to say that Pyongyang looked desperately to maybe even provide an olive branch to Tokyo. Cause so maybe we can observe this in detail. What yeah. are the likely impacts on North Korea? Right. The impact on North Korea should be uh, definitely considerable. There's no question about it. But uh, since you mentioned uh, Pyongyang's efforts to reach out to uh, Tokyo, mm-hmm. just briefly to, to touch upon it, uh, I thought, yes, indeed, it looked very desperate because Kim Yo-jong was saying 
Oh, Kishida can come to Pyongyang as long as we don't talk about nuclear issues <laughs> and abductees. So that's basically <laughs> that's basically saying, well, we don't want to listen to you, but you can come. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, you know, from Tokyo's perspective, I was thinking through, you know, how should Tokyo take this? Uh, Especially Kishida, when he's facing this low, uh, you know, approval rating mm. and stuff like that at home, uh, critics could easily come to him say, "You're you're on your knees, basically. If you go to Pyongyang, uh, you, you can't talk about the most important two issues: nuclear weapons and then abductees, and you still decide to go there. That means you're on your knees, uh, you know, with Kim Jong Un. Mm. Uh, looks like it's a it's a no deal thing, but." Mm. Uh, uh, just uh, looking back, why Kim Yo-jung reached out and, and, and came out saying those things, uh, sign of desperation is easiest uh, explanation that's available for it. Mm, mm, but anyway, mm. Tokyo Pyongyang on that. And then uh, impact on Pyongyang by, uh, you know, from this Havana's decision mm. to take, uh, get up uh, ties with Seoul. Uh, obviously, major, major kind of final blow. Um, if Korea take steps to set up Palestine and uh, similar ties with Palestine or Syria, uh, it may not as as much of a big deal for Pyongyang because for Pyongyang, as you mentioned, as I mentioned, it's been called brother country. Mm. And uh, exports point out that at this point, at this particular point, there have been about five, six major countries. Pyongyang really had a strong important diplomatic ties and then i was counting and i couldn't come up with a full list but obviously china russia uh, cuba i mean uh, some people say actually cuba was more important diplomatically symbolically than even russia because you know russia uh in the form it was not a socialist country basically mm. so uh you know this socialist communist country uh pyongyang having ties with its communist brothers uh, Beijing and Havana, that was very important. And it was, it was almost number two uh, tie that has been compromised. So uh, the loss itself is perhaps best described that way. And uh, Kim Jong-un's plan, we understand, especially particularly this year, was focusing on reestablishing, uh, contributing and helping the new so-called new Cold War being established, mm. line being drawn, uh, between two separate sides, North Korea, China, Russia on one side, and then Korea, South Korea, and United States and Japan on the other side. But now, uh, while trying this one, Cuba kind of, kind of on its part, destroyed this line and then and, and got across the line, basically. So a uh, major loss in terms of the, the pursuing of the key diplomatic direction for the year for Kim Jong-un as well. So uh, I think there are different ways of describing it, but uh, absolutely, uh, there's no question that Pyongyang has lost big time here. Mm -hmm. uh, then another question that we must ask at this point is, what can Cuba expect out of this new, newly established diplomatic ties with Seoul? Uh, a lot of uh, commentators were talking a lot about the, uh, you know, like the K-pop and K-culture um, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of Habana was kind of pushed and pressured to do this because just just people there were so much interested in South Korea these days because of K-pop and K-culture. So uh, for the people, you know, for people <laughs> in Cuba, 
they will have much easier access to K-culture and K-pop for sure. And I can imagine, you know, Korean entertainers and perhaps Korean entertainment business paying mm. more attention to it and uh, delivering greater satisfaction to the people altogether. Uh, for Cuban government, uh, Cuba has been under U.S. sanctions for a long, long time. And uh, so still that remains as a barrier, but uh, several different ways in the long run, perhaps not not immediate run, but in the long run, uh, there are possibilities, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, Habana can expect uh, to gain going forward. Mm. Uh, some people are saying, and I think you mentioned in the new segment, right, the mm. Uh, their minerals, yeah. uh, uh, you know, important input material for batteries and so on. They could be used uh, for producing uh, rechargeable batteries going forward, even though at this point it's difficult to do so because of U.S. sanctions. So mm. Habana uh, sees a lot of different possibilities going forward in the longer term mm. in terms of uh, gains from intra economic interaction. Uh, with Seoul, for sure. The, the South Korean presidential office was quick to say that South Korea-Cuba ties will create new economic opportunities for Korean companies. So what are the expected business and economic benefits for Korea? Yeah, well, we already kind of mentioned mm. uh, the minerals uh, on mm. this one, right. But to add to that, one of the issues that people are mindful of at this moment as we see this news is, okay, then... Uh, I'm interested in visiting uh, Habana or Cuba here. What can I do? A lot of Korean people might ask. Uh, one thing is we don't have direct flight. So and uh, mm. we have to go through to reach Cuba as a traveler or, or, or tourist. Mm. And uh, uh, what we have been seeing, yeah, even though like despite this kind of the, so far without diplomatic ties, without direct flights still, I heard before uh, COVID, we had like what, 14, uh, 10 to 14,000 people visiting Cuba every year from mm. from Korea. That's a considerable size of uh, tourists actually visiting such place without mm. diplomatic ties and without direct flights. And uh, so the number was quite considerable and uh, we understand uh, since then, and at that time, and then uh, since then, continuously, people visiting Cuba, many of them are doing so through these tourist packages mm -hmm. that includes other South American destinations. Mm -hmm. So uh, I heard uh, just the Cuba, exclusive Cuba tourist packages are pretty rare. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, even though they're individual tourists visiting there and so on. Talking about individual tourists, however, we understand uh, if you visit Cuba at this under the current system, if you visit Cuba and if you want to visit United States, mm -hmm. the you know the ESTA system, the the internet-based pre-registration system to enter United States, mm -hmm. uh, experts point out that there is a possibility. It's it's not it's not 100% certain in all cases, but there's a possibility that ESTA uh, rejection could take place if you have visited Cuba ah. uh, and trying to enter United States. So. Uh, that's something, uh, you know, the Koreans are mindful of at this point. Okay. And so uh, those kind of barriers are still there in terms of uh, trying to see immediate results of some kind of certain sudden booming of interaction between Cuba and South Korea. But again, as I said, uh, in the long run, there's no question that there will be uh, a lot of Koreans who will 
want to visit, a uh, greater mm-hmm. number of them will want to visit, uh, taking uh, advantage of this breakthrough this time. So mm-hmm. uh, tourism is a big one. And uh, again, as we said, minerals, especially in this day and age of uh, rising new Cold War, uh, global supply chain reshuffling, mm-hmm. uh, critical resources. Uh, Cuba is very important country. And also, uh, I guess last thing I can think about is their population. Their population is about one-fifth of South Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, they've been poor. Uh, their income has been limited, and uh, in big part because of U.S. sanctions, and, and we know their economic condition as a whole. But uh, these are reasonably well-educated population, mm. uh, uh, you know, quite orderly society. Uh, so... Uh, with change in the future, I, I, in my recollection, I think it was a 2015 when the United States actually set up a diplomatic relations with uh, with Cuba, but still the sanction remained. So, uh, depending on what happens, I mean, you know, if Trump comes in, of course, conservative regime, uh, such possibility of breakthrough will be pushed further into the future. But depends on what happens. Uh, uh, you know, this population, one-fifth size of South Korean population will, in the long run, uh, become an important market for Korean business as well. Mm-hmm. And then young Cubans finding uh, opportunities in Korea or with regard to Korea, uh, uh-huh. uh, those kind of things will be all promising messages for people who are watching this critical development from both sides, from uh, South Korea and from Cuba. Tourism, tackling supply chains, and people-to-people exchanges. Thank you so much, Professor Kim, for your insights. Appreciate it, as always. Thank you very much. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.